Well, I want to thank you for being here this morning. I know it's awful messy and wet out there today, but you know, it's dry in here. And, uh, but uh, what I'd like to do before we first start off is I, there's several people that we need to keep in prayer today. Uh, I'd like for us to keep Rodney and Rhonda Holder in prayer. Rodney lost his mom, and we had the service yesterday. And so y'all just keep them in prayer for that peace and that comfort that God can put in us. He says, I'll give you peace that passes all understanding. And they know where their mom is and that she's not sick anymore. She's healed and she's whole. So that, that there is a blessing right there. And uh, we need to keep uh, Dale and Beverly Foster in prayer. They're traveling today. They went to Arkansas to see their grandkids. And they should probably be back sometime today or tomorrow. I'm not sure exactly which way. But uh, pray for safe travel on these highways that they'll get back safely and, and the kids. And uh, David and Debbie Mullins had went to or, uh, excuse me Arizona for graduation. And uh, they'll be traveling. They, should, they said they should be back home today. So, but they're coming in from Arizona driving. So y'all keep them in prayer. And as some of you know, some of, well, some of our people, uh, Pat Bramlett, she's been in a nursing home, kind of supposed to be doing rehab. Well, they sent her home. She's home now. They're going to be doing rehab and everything at her house. And I think she'll be a whole lot more comfortable there with the family and all that. So y'all keep her in prayer. She fell and broke a hip and had to have surgery. And now she needs to go into some rehab to strengthen that hip back up. And so y'all keep her in prayer. And it just seems like uh, there's just a number of things going on. We've got quite a few people that are traveling, they're gone. And, but y'all keep them in prayer that they'll get back and have a safe trip back home. And, uh, <clears throat> but today... Uh, what I'd like to do, before we get started, I'm just going to ask a question. Is there anybody that has a testimony, something that Jesus Christ has done in their life that they would like to tell the others about? You know, when you give a testimony, you're glorifying God. You're not bragging on you or anything. You're bragging on the power and the love and the mercy of God and what he's done in your life. So you're giving him the glory. If there's anything that somebody would like to say or testify about by what God has done, then please, this is your opportunity to give God glory. So I was on the 
road to recovery. And I, well, I came home and I was on oxygen. My lungs still were not at full capacity. And, um, oh, I don't know, about seven months ago, I took the oxygen back to the company. About three weeks ago, I had a test on my lungs. And uh, the doctor called me and he said, everything is normal. So, I got my full healing. And that's a praise the Lord. Thank you again, once again, for all the prayers. And, you know, that's, anytime God does anything, it's major. But I know I've been through three major events that I received. And that's not counting the little colds and sinus problems and all of that. So nothing is too small that God can heal, and nothing is too major that He cannot heal. And thank everybody again. Anybody else? Well, I want to say something right fast. Like I said, Linda and I, April the 20th, we were married 60 years. This was a blessing that God put in my life. I could not ask for anything better or more than what he gave me through her. She's been, a, she's been just a great wife, caretaker, mother, grandmother, she has been a blessing, and I'm th I thank God that he put her in my life. She's the only thing that's kept me going. And I know she's had a rough time, but she didn't give up. I was blessed, and I'm, I just thank God for her. And uh, so 60 years, I'm looking for another 60. So... But whenever you get that opportunity and God does something in your life, tell somebody. My sermon this morning, I've entitled it, huh, okay. good work and doesn't take long to do it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Walter. Uh, you know, Christ can do so much when you put your faith and your trust in him. Walter also went through an episode with a stroke. I was with him about nearly almost every day he was in the hospital there. The doctors were not looking for Walter to walk out of that hospital. But we prayed and we prayed and we prayed in faith knowing that God would hear us. Anointing him with oil. And, and already going ahead, before we would leave, we was thanking God for his healing before we ever saw it. Walter walked out of that hospital. The doctors were surprised. Nurses were surprised. He's doing great today. How old are you, Walter? 94 years old. 
and he's still going strong, and he's still serving God. So, you know, God, when God's got a plan for your life, things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. So just put your faith in God. And like I've always said, when you pray, one of the most important things that you can do is start thanking God for what you've asked for before you see it. That way you're showing God your faith and you're thanking Him before it ever happens. And God, faith is what puts God in action on your behalf. When He sees that faith, He steps in and He fulfills that need to show you that your faith was worth everything. So, uh, we'll get on here. Uh, I've entitled my sermon today, Standing for Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story before we ever start, because that leads into everything. And I'll tell you what, probably most of us can find ourselves in this prediction. There was a young man, he was a Christian, and uh, he had uh, he worked as a salesman in his early years, and uh, he attended a sales conference every year in a major city with a number of his workers. He said, and because he was a Christian, this man felt uncomfortable with excessive partying and going to clubs that many of his workers engaged in during the time of that conference. I was, come on, come on, go with me. I'm going to say, maybe some of us have experienced this. So y'all listen. And, the, and those workers say, oh, come on, it's all right. Come on, go with us. Even though he didn't join in in their drinking and their partying, he still felt the pressure to be with them to avoid their ridicule. How many of you have done something so people wouldn't ridicule you or say something or start joking with you or making fun of you that you didn't want to do? Well, this man here, he didn't want to do it, but he did it so he wouldn't be ridiculed. Then one year, when this conference came up, he made the decision to break away from that group of men and not go with them. He said, I'm not going to those bars. I'm not going to those clubs. And he planned to arrive at the hotel conference late so that, the, so that this group had already went out and left without him. But however, when he stepped off and went into the hotel, and uh, some of the men saw him, they were still there. And they was asking, where have you been? And, and telling them him that they had been waiting for him. We've been waiting for you to get here. And there he was trying to avoid them. He was feeling trapped and lacking the courage to resist. So reluctantly, he got into the taxi cab with them and went with them. But he thought to himself, after years of feeling uncomfortable, he knew that it was time for him to take a stand. He knew it was time for, to show him his faith and his belief in Jesus Christ. So he told them, that he was a Christian, and he did not want to go to the bars and the clubs with them. And many of them laughed, mocked, and then another one of the men stood up and followed his lead and also declared his faith in Christ. Together, they went back to the hotel, and they went to their room, and these men sat there and prayed for these other men 
They prayed for these men's conviction, that, that, that God would just touch them. And they prayed for their salvation, for what all the things that they were doing. And later that night, this young man heard a knock on his hotel door. He opened that door, and standing at the door was one of the men who had gone to the bars earlier. They were some of them who made fun of him and laughed at him. This man said, I don't know what gave you the courage to do what you did. And stand up for your faith. And he looked at this young man and said, I need what you have. I need what you have. My life is falling apart and I need help. This young man invited this man to come into his room, prayed with him, talked to him about the Lord, and after a little while, this man accepted and turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. One man stood up for his faith and for what he believed. Many others in that group went on and said that there was a number of others that eventually came to know Jesus Christ. Through this man's faith and through him refusing to do some of the things that these other guys were doing. And uh, so that's why I'm saying I wondered how many of us have found ourselves in a situation like that or maybe something like it. Doing something you didn't really want to do, but you was afraid of being ridiculed, that you was afraid of being laughed at, joked about, talked about, because you were a Christian. This young man finally had all he could stand. And I know he prayed, Lord, what I'm fixing to do is for you. I'm fixing to confess you. I'm fixing to tell others about you. Lord, give me the strength. Give me the courage to tell others about my faith in you. I want to help others come to know you as I know you. See, that's something we need to do. If you're being ridiculed, you've got friends, you've got neighbors. Maybe you need to say something to them. Maybe you've been wanting to, but you just hadn't worked up the courage to say something to them. Well, what will they think? How will they look at me? This young man thought about this all these years. What will this group say? What will they do? When he finally confessed it, yes, they laughed at him. They mocked him. They made fun of him. But that night, one of them men come to him said, I don't know where you got your courage and I don't know where you got your faith, but I need what you've got. How many people do you think may have said that about you? I need what you have. I need your faith. I need your courage to stand up for Jesus Christ. You know, many people won't say much of nothing because that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of being ridiculed. They're afraid of being talked about. They're afraid of being called a Jesus freak. I don't care if they call me a Jesus freak. I'm not worried about what they think. I'm worried about what he thinks. He's the one I'm going to stand before. He's the one that's going to judge me. He's the one that's going to say either... Welcome home, good and faithful servant, or he's going to look at me and say, Depart from me, for I never knew you. What's he going to say to us? Is he going to say, Welcome home, good and faithful servant? Or is he going to say, Depart from me, for I never knew you. You didn't stand up for me like a Christian should. Did you, you never really accepted me. You know, if we're not going to stand up for Christ, I, we have to wonder, did we really accept Christ into our life? Are you really saved? That's something to think about. 
If you're going to be ridiculed and that worry you, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been ridiculed, I've been laughed at, I've been mocked because I believe in Jesus Christ. You know that don't bother me. I pray for them. Lord, show them who you are through what I do. Let them see me. And let them see you in me. Let them want what I have. And many people out there want what you got. They just want to confess it. So it's very important that, that, uh, that when we have accepted Jesus Christ, we stand for Jesus. We stand up for him. Uh, here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, Jesus was talking to the disciples, and this is what he was telling them that they must do in order for people to know that they are his disciples. Listen to this. <clears throat> you are the salt of the earth. But if that salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Salt, as most of you may know, used to, they used salt as a preservative. Back in the old times before refrigeration and all that kind of stuff, they would say, go out hunting, bring in meat. They'd salt that meat down to preserve it. That's what he's talking about. That uh, salt, and how shall it be made salty again? It won't. Sometimes we get one chance to tell somebody about Jesus. That chance may not come back. When that chance comes, use it. Tell somebody, tell a friend, tell a relative. Tell somebody about Jesus and what he's done in your life and, and what he can do in your life. But anyway, it goes on. It says, for it is then good for nothing. Once we've lost that salty, we're good for nothing. People don't look at you. You know, they, they, you claim to be a Christian, but you don't stand up and say, you know, they claim to be a Christian, but how come they don't ever tell me about Jesus? Why don't they say something? Maybe they're waiting for you to say something. And so we have to say it. We have to tell them about Jesus. Sometimes you can feel a conviction come on you so strong, you can't help but tell them about it. And that's what all people are needing. They're wanting you to say something. Maybe they've got things that they're wondering about. They're asking you, tell me about your Jesus. But they're just not coming out and saying that. But they're telling you. So you're a Christian. You stand for Jesus. You go to church. Uh, you go to Sunday school. You sit under the Word. How come you never told me about anything? How many, think, how many of you got friends that may have wondered that? Why haven't they said something to me about their Lord, about their Savior? It says, For then that salt is good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden under the foot of man. In verse 14, it, Jesus was telling his disciples, You are the light of the world. Through you, the world should see me, because you should be my light, that they see me. You are like a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Do you know if you're a strong Christian, people are going to know it? And you're not going to be able to hide the fact that you love Jesus Christ. You're not going to be able to hide it. They're going to see it in you. And then here in, in, excuse me, here in verse 15 it says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a basket. 
you don't light a candle and then put it under a basket where there's no light. Light will not shine. No, it says, but it's placed on a candlestick and gives light to all the house. You're to be a light unto Jesus Christ to share him with the world. You're to tell people about Jesus. You know, like I said, there's people out there hungry for the word, and we're not telling them. We've got neighbors. We've got relatives. We've got friends. And you probably know which ones need to hear the word. What you need to do is just say, look, you know I'm a Christian. You know that I love the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that I go to church. You know that I sit under the word. Could I tell you about him? Could I tell you what, I, what he's done for me? Could I tell you how he's affected my life? You may be able to help somebody, and you're not even realizing you're doing it. I want to show you something here again in just a few minutes. But we are to be a light on the hill. People are to see Jesus through us. We're not to put our light under a basket or to hide that light. People are to see it, to come to that light. It's kind of like a bug. They're drawn to the light. You'd be surprised how many people, if they see something, they're going to be curious about it. And they're going to come and see what's going on. That's your opportunity to tell them about your Lord and Savior. And it says here in this last verse, verse 16, Let your light shine before men. Let people see Jesus in you. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. They can see what you're doing for Jesus. How you're serving him. What you're doing. They see that. They say, I need that. Just like this, just like this man that come to, the, to this young man that didn't want to go out to those bars and those clubs. He said, I don't know where you got your courage, but I need it. You'll be surprised at the number of people out there that want what you got. They want your courage. They want your faith. They want to serve the Lord, but they don't know how. They don't know what they need to do. That's up to us. We're the light of the world. Our light should not be hid. They should see our light and come to us and ask about, why are you shining so bright? Well, let me tell you why I'm shining so bright. I've got the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He lives on the inside of me. Why wouldn't I shine bright? You, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You should be glowing like everything. People ought to just be close to you and feel the Spirit moving in you. They ought to know you're a servant of Jesus Christ. And then I want, to, I want to say something right here. I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 through 33. This is sad in a way. Maybe some of you haven't even heard it. But this is Jesus Christ himself talking. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to others. And he's saying, Whosoever shall confess me before men, or tell men about me, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. You confess me before men out there, I'm going to confess you and tell my Father about you and about your love. But wait a minute. There's another scripture. 
in verse 33, it says, But whomsoever shall deny me before men, I will deny him before my Father in heaven. If we will not deny Christ, Christ will not deny, will not, excuse me, will not, will not bless us before the Father. He said, I will deny you if you deny me. But if you'll, if you'll receive me, I'll tell the Father all about you and your, your good works. And all you've done for me by confessing who I am in your life, serving me, receiving me as your Lord and Savior, by believing in me through faith. I'm going to confess that to the Father. And you have eternal life guaranteed. How many of you got eternal life guaranteed right now? I think all of you probably do. But if you haven't confessed Jesus Christ, you don't. It's that simple. You have to confess Jesus Christ to have eternal life. You have to believe in him. John 14, 6, For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. That's Jesus talking. You have to receive me, accept me as your Lord and Savior, believe in me with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. And then I will confess you before the Father, and you will have eternal life in heaven. See, Jesus makes it pretty simple about what we got to do. And we should pay attention, because this was Jesus speaking to the disciples. These words are out of the mouth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, I know it's not our place to judge the world. That's going to be God's job. But we don't have to go along with the world. We don't have to go along with them. Just like this young man decided, I'm not going to the bars and I'm not going to the clubs. We make a decision. It says, we are here on this earth as God's ambassadors. We are here. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are an ambassador. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is simply a representative. We have ambassadors that, that go to these foreign countries for the United States. They are simply going to represent us. We are here to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. We are his ambassadors. And we should be, that should be an honor. It's just like that funeral yesterday. I was an ambassador for Jesus Christ at that service. I got to, I, I, I was honored to ask to officiate that service. And I got to tell people about Jesus Christ. We had a pretty good number of people there. I don't know, maybe some of them never heard that word, but they've heard it now. So now they got a decision to make. Am I going to receive Jesus into my life and have eternal life, or am I going to deny him and burn for eternity in hell? See, we got two options, heaven and hell. That's the only two options that God has given us. There's no in-betweens. There's no straddling the fence. You're either on this side of the fence or you're on this side of the fence. I hope you're on God's side of the fence. And, uh, but, you know, we're his ambassadors to share the life-changing power of the gospel. You know, the gospel has power to change a life. When I heard the gospel, it changed my life. I never, I never dreamed of becoming a pastor. Never entered my mind. And when, when I felt that call, I said, God, you've got to be kidding. You know where I, my life's been. You know I've lived out in the world all these years. God said, that's in the past. You know what the world's like. 
I can use you to tell others about it. You've been there. You've done that. You've seen it. You can talk to others and tell them they need me. You've been on both sides. I'm gonna, I'll tell you what. I'm going to choose God's side every day. I'm not going to choose the world. I'm not going to choose the world. And uh, as salt, as God called us salt, as a, as a preservative, so we are here to help prevent further moral decay of this culture. This, this world is in a decaying form. It gets worse and worse every day. This world needs salt. The preservative. To preserve it. You are the salt. You are the one to tell others about Jesus Christ. See, a lot of people think, well, only the pastor could does it. No, no. Every one of us are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are to tell others about him. Just as those disciples went about on walking this earth along with Jesus, telling others, healing others, doing the things that Jesus did. See, when Jesus was walking this earth, he could only be one place at one time. When he went back to heaven, everything changed. Jesus, as a matter of fact, told us, that when I go back to heaven, I will ask the Father and he will send you a comforter. And that comforter is what we call the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit will reside in you. God can be everywhere at one time through his Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. God's not confined to one place. God can be everywhere at one time in this world through the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit itself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And when you say yes to Jesus Christ, God places his Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He's with you every day, everywhere you go, everything you do, he is with you. We are to be a light for God. People are to see God through us. We should be such a bright light that they can't help but see God. You know, like I said, it took several years for this young man to gain the courage to take a stand for Christ. But when he finally did, God used him in a powerful, powerful way. When he said yes to God, God, I'm going to stand up for you. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of, of uh, being scared about being ridiculed. I'm scared about being laughed at. Lord, I'm going to take a stand for you. Through this young man, a number of his colleagues come to know Jesus Christ through his stand, through what he said, through what he did. And we should be the same way. We should be concerned about all the others who don't know Jesus. You know, we have to remember something. Jesus said, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. God doesn't mean for you to crawl under a basket and hide. He means for you to be a light unto him for all the world to see. Instead of the lamp, it, instead of being under a basket, the lamp is placed on a stand. It's up high so it can be seen. It's not placed under a basket. It's not down in the low places. It's high where the world can see that light. As Christians, we should be a light for others to see the love of God. They ought to see God through you, through your walk, through what you do, through your language, through what you speak.
you're just going to radiate God to them. They're going to feel God when they talk to you. There's, there's something about you. You know, and, and I think that's one of the biggest compliments I've ever been paid. They, Bill, I was talking to a young man one time. He said, Bill, there is something different about you. I've been around a lot of people, but there's something different about you. He says, when I'm talking to you, I'm here by you, he says, I feel something. I said, he said, I don't know what it is. I said, I'm going to tell you what it is. You feel the Spirit of God that's coming out of me wanting to get in you. He said, well, well tell me about your God. I said, thought you'd never ask. You know, we radiate God. People should feel God when they're around you. They say, hey, there's something different about you. I can't explain it, but there's something different. I feel something totally different and strange when I'm around you. Tell them. I'll tell you what you feel. You feel the Spirit of God in me. And you are, and whether you know it or not, you are craving that, you're crying out for it, and you want it. Let me tell you about him. Well, go ahead. Because you're making them curious now. They'll ask you questions. And when somebody asks you a question, they're opening a door to you to help them to come to know God. I'm going to tell you something. When God opens a door, no man can close that door but God himself. When he opens a door, you walk through it because he's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for your life. I believe God, if he was just... If, if he wants to be talking to you right now, there's something I believe he'd tell you. And I'm going to close with this. Joshua 1.9. God told Joshua this when, when, when Moses had died and he was putting God, he was, excuse me, he was putting jo, uh, jo, Joshua in Moses' place to lead the people. Now Joshua was, was very scared. He didn't know how he was going to do what Moses did and have the blessings that Moses had from God. But God said, if you will walk up upright with me, I will bless you as I bless Moses. But then God said something here. I believe he's telling us all this. Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, neither be dismayed or worried or fearful. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm with you wherever you go. He's with us through the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of us. He'll give us the strength to do whatever he has asked you or called you to do. You say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm listening to you. I'm going to do what you told me to do. And Lord, I just need you with me. I guarantee you, you'll start talking to people. Stuff will start coming out of your mouth that you didn't even realize you were saying. And believe me, that happens. I've talked to people. And all of a sudden, I start telling them things. I didn't even know who they were. And they ask, how did you know that? How did you know that about me? It's the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of me, which is God himself, told me to tell you this. You talk about a look on their face. Or there's no way I had of knowing Anything about what I just told them. And sometimes that's scary. But, I'm, but I leave it up to God. If God tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to turn my back on the Word of God and what He tells me. 
And like I said, most of y'all in here, if you, if you know me at all, you know that when I do a sermon, I don't water it down. I say what God says. If you've got a problem with that, take it to God. He said it, not me. I'm going to ask the band, if they would, to come up. If you're here today, and you need the power of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you, if you have really never said yes to Jesus Christ, today would be a good day to do it. Remember, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We've got today. We've got today. Make use of it. If you've never accepted Christ and you've been wanting to do it, but you're afraid you're going to be laughed at, don't worry about it. God will take care of it. Just come and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I need you. I need you in my heart. I need you to live on the inside of me to help me be that person you want me to be. Believe me, he'll come in in a second. You're going to feel things happen in your life that you never knew you could do. God's looking for faithfulness, obedience. He's wanting us to be that light upon that candle stand for the world to see. Are you, are you a light for the world to see? If you need something, if, if you need just to be prayed for for a healing, if you need to just something going on in your life that you need prayed for, I'm going to be down front. I'll be glad to anoint you with oil, to stand in agreement with what you need for God, and we'll, we'll, we'll go together. And I said, for two or more are gathered in his name, his presence is there. He'll be right there among us to receive the prayer and to answer it. So if you need something from God, today is your day. Let me ask you a question. Are you standing strong for Jesus? You have to answer that. I can't, but you can.